If you've followed me for any time, I've been a lifelong critic of Joe Biden. And while I still hold that I think Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump for for a few reasons, it's pretty terrible. (laughs) I mean, I know we saw this coming and I never I never really thought that Joe Biden would be great. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bernie guy to my bones and, and campaign my heart out for Bernie. But I did have what I think is clearly now some ridiculous hope that Joe Biden would prove all of us wrong and be, even though he's never been this in his life, that he would be courageous on policy and that he would definitely fight for African-Americans since black folk put him into office. But that's definitely not what's happening. Not at all. I want to unpack and explain now that we're 10 months into the Biden presidency, where I think he is, where I think he's going, and why I think it's so damn bad. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. I've turned into a bit of a headphone snob. And and the truth is, because our phones and our devices are such a huge part of our daily lives, I always have headphones in for meetings, if I'm listening to music, if I'm watching movies, and how they feel and how they sound. It just matters to me. That's why Raycons are my go-to wireless earbuds. Raycons offers eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. There's also a built-in mic so you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. And they come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. Right now, just for breakdown listeners, you can get 15% off of your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash breakdown that's by b-u-y raycon r-a-y-c-o-n dot com slash breakdown to save 15 percent off of your raycon earbuds by raycon.com slash breakdown check it out let me know what you think I saw something on Twitter earlier this week that spooked me a little bit. Um, I'm not easily spooked, (laughs) okay? And it really shouldn't spook me. It should spook Joe Biden. It should spook the White House. I saw uh, my dear friend Latasha Brown, Sister Latasha Brown, who leads the brilliant, effective organization Black Voters Matter, which not only was essential for Joe Biden to win the election, it was essential to flip the Senate. And anybody who knows anything about presidential politics and these Senate races and congressional races knows 
that Latasha Brown was absolutely indispensable for the presidential election and the Senate races. Indispensable. And she said something on Twitter in response to a flippant remark from the Biden administration. And I, I want to bring it up. Let me let me pull it up on Twitter because when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is this is a problem. And uh the White House, let me see, let me see if I can find it here. Um the the White House made a comment about why it hadn't done anything to fight for voting rights. And if you know Voting rights are being assaulted all over the country. I mean, from coast to coast in legislatures all over the place. And, you know, when Joe Biden wants to fight for something, when the president wants to fight for something, um, it matters. And so uh, Peter Nicholas, who works for The Atlantic, tweeted this. He said, I asked a White House official about those who are frustrated with inaction on voting rights protections. And they said in response, every constituency has their issue, the official said. If you ask immigration folks, they'll tell you their issue is a life or death issue too. Let me, let me, let me say it again. Peter Nicholas asked the White House about why they weren't doing anything on voting rights and they basically said, hey, everybody has something they care about. And if you talk to immigration folks, they think their stuff is life or death, too. So blah, 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 blah. And it clearly got under the skin of Latasha Brown, who, again, is an indispensable person for anybody running for office. I think she is. I think Latasha Brown is as essential for Democrats winning elections as anybody else in the country. Like, that's how important she is. She says this in response on Twitter. When I saw this, I thought, ah, Joe Biden is in trouble. She said, this kind of cavalier attitude about voting rights has been the consistent message coming out of the White House. This quote affirms that voting rights are not a priority. She put not in bold letters, are not a priority for the Biden administration. They are severely underestimating how black voters will respond to this posture. It's not good. And there we are. I, I have loathed Joe Biden for my entire life. He is, as I have called him, the father of modern-day mass incarceration. Uh, by that, I mean he was the author and architect of so many uh, policies that led to the explosion of mass incarceration. Anybody who understands mass incarceration understands this. And um, not, not only that, he has refused... 99 times out of 100 to really acknowledge his role in creating it, maintaining it, defending it, and right now is, regarding mass incarceration, is doing nothing to dismantle it. Okay, let's just, 
let's just put a pin in that. You know, I wrote before he was elected an extremely, I don't even know why it was controversial article where I detail 31 different lies Joe Biden told about his role in the civil rights movement. I did a podcast on the breakdown about it. And he lied over and over and over and over and over. And I could say that word over at least 31 times. We ended up counting even more about his role in the civil rights movement. And it was a huge part of his early biography. Like, hey, I was a civil rights leader. I was a civil rights protester and demonstrator. Like, literally, no, he wasn't. He was not. Not at all. Not a little bit. And I included all the facts about that. Then his first presidential race was completely derailed when he was caught in lies, like completely. He stopped running when it was revealed that he completely plagiarized multiple speeches and told multiple lies at different press conferences. And ultimately, he had to come out and apologize for it. But part of part of white privilege is being completely horrible but still keeping your access to power. That would be Donald Trump, and in a lot of ways it would be Joe Biden. And so obviously I supported Bernie, but I I think I would have preferred almost anybody other than Joe Biden. I mean, that's how much I loathe this man. And even though I loathe Joe Biden so much, I still, to this day, think that a, an average Joe Biden is better than the best Donald Trump. And I still hold to that. This episode will not be me making that argument. I had, after Joe Biden was the nominee, um, it took me a long time to get over myself. After Joe Biden was the nominee, my hope was twofold that Joe Biden would one be loyal to black voters that put him in office again the majority of white people voted for Donald Trump okay and 90 to 100 percent of black voters voted for Joe Biden so it's like listen you owe black voters this election And literally, if not for black voters, Joe Biden would have lost a dozen different states all over the country. It's not even close. If black voters don't show up in record numbers in all of America's cities, he loses, period. And this isn't a novel observation. Like, this is... This is this is on MSNBC, right? This is mainstream news that black voters put Joe Biden in office and black voters put Joe Biden in office in huge part because of how much black voters love Barack Obama. The love for Barack Obama runs so deep and is so real that being Obama's wingman for eight years really caused Joe Biden to be trusted by the overwhelming majority of black voters, even though Biden did not deserve that trust on issues of policy and even integrity. 
He got that trust in huge part because he was Obama's VP for eight years. And I greatly underestimated how much that would mean. I've talked about that, you know, a year ago here on the podcast as well. But here we are, 10 months into the to the Biden-Harris administration. I won't even get into the fact that uh, Vice President Harris is is functionally a ghost in this administration. I thought she was going to play an indispensable, like Dick Cheney type of role. Uh, if you if you've ever listened to historians about the role Dick Cheney played, Dick Cheney in a lot of ways was damn near co-president and ran entire wings of the administration. I thought in a lot of ways, I thought that Harris would do that. And I my expectation was that she would do it around the DOJ and issues of justice because she had been a district attorney. She had been an attorney general of of America's largest state. And she had been uh, a senator and sat on the Judiciary Committees and others and that she would be able to basic had she been attorney general, she would know how to run that office. And I thought that in a lot of ways she would run the justice policies for Biden. That hasn't been the case. I, I don't I don't truly know what she's doing. And she's it is what it is. I mean, she'd have been better off in the Senate, in my opinion. And so that is what it is. I don't know how much influence she has in the White House. Everybody that I speak to that's literally in the White House says very little. And it appears that she has very little influence. But. When Joe Biden was elected, our organization, the Grassroots Law Project, we were afforded a great opportunity to meet multiple times with the Biden-Harris transition team. And and it was an honor. Uh, They were good people on that transition team, really good people that I know and respect. And we met with them over and over again about their policies on mass incarceration and police brutality. I'm going somewhere with this. And we began pushing them on this. This was even before it was 2021. I mean, after the election was won, we began pushing Biden on this right away. We were told to wait until the inauguration. And then after Biden was inaugurated, and that's fine. Well, okay. After the inauguration, we were told to give Biden his first 100 days. Mind you, the, the January 6th attack had already happened. We were told to give Joe Biden 100 days. We did. 100 days came and went, and he did virtually nothing for black people and virtually nothing on issues of justice, policing, mass incarceration, et cetera. After the first 100 days, we were like, hold on, hold on. You all said wait the first 100 days. And, and people from the Biden-Harris administration came back to our team at Grassroots Law and said, listen, several of our key officials still have not been approved yet by the Senate, please at least wait until they're approved before you pressure us. Well, they were approved in, in March and April and May. March, April and May passed, then June and July and August passed, and September passed, and here we are. It's the end of October, and they have still done virtually nothing on the issues of mass incarceration and policing and injustice. They've done nothing on many of the most important cases that were basically left to die by the Trump administration, including 
the murders of Breonna Taylor and many more Philando Castile, all the, all the way back to things that they let basically time out in the Obama administration. Eric Garner, you name it, go on and on. And, and so here we are. They haven't done anything on the issues that we really care about. But what shocks me is when you've lost, like, it was going to be easy to lose me. <laughs> okay, like, uh, Biden was always on borrowed time with me. But when you've lost Latasha Brown, you've effed up. When Latasha Brown says, this is the cavalier attitude this White House has always had on voting rights, and that it's not good, and that it's going to be a real problem. When she says that, it's a mess. And ultimately, what we're seeing is that Biden is who we thought he was. He's really doing nothing. And, you know, his whole, his whole push to, my wife and I talked about this yesterday, his whole push to Obama when Obama was running was, I'm going to be able to help. I am a white man, and I am going to be able to help this black man get stuff passed in the Senate. And I am friends. This is me and, you know, I'm not, I don't do a Joe Biden voice. But Biden was like, listen, I am friends with these people, and I am friends with Republicans. In fact, most of my best friends in the Senate are Republicans. And I know how to work with them. And as you saw, for at least six of the eight years, the Republican-controlled Senate during the Obama administration hated his guts, did not care to do anything that Joe Biden ever advised, and it wasn't effective at all. And Joe Biden basically ran on it again. Like, listen, I'm going to be able to get stuff done in the Senate. I was a senator for a very long time, and I just believe Republicans are going to trust me and like me and work with me. Of course they won't. They won't do anything. They won't pass anything. And it's not just that. Democrats won't pass anything. And they can't. They refuse to. And the bottom line is this. In federal politics, the only thing that ever gets done, at least in modern 2021 federal politics, the only thing that really ever gets done is what the president fights for. And if the president isn't fighting for something, it's not going to pass Congress, period. It just won't. Almost nothing passes, and the only stuff that passes is what the president fights for. And the president's not fighting for voting rights, and he's not fighting on issues of justice. Mind you, he traveled all over the country, literally meeting with families impacted by police violence, speaking to the families of Jacob Blake and Breonna Taylor and others, and told them that he would do something. He's done nothing. When you ask people on social media, like, exactly how much time are you needing to give Joe Biden before you give up on him caring about voting rights, caring about issues of justice and other issues that matter to the people that put him in office, you'll get a wide variety of wild answers. In essence, some people, are gonna give, some people would give him 100 years. Like, if he could live for 100, some people would give him up until 99 years and 364 days and be like, I, I, I think he's still going to do something. Listen, I'm pretty much done with him. Um, 
I hate that he's president. I don't trust him. And when you've lost Latasha Brown, you've damn sure lost me. Bottom line. I've got to run heading into a couple of meetings, but love and appreciate you all. Uh, This is why I pour my heart and soul into local politics, local elections, city, county, state elections, where you can actually get stuff done. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day, We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist? Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mm -hmm.